Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and joining me, as ever, uh, or for the last time, is Mr. Marek Larwood. Uh, hello, Marek. David is going to shoot me in the head at the end of this episode. Is that right? Oh, shit. Sorry, I forgot I said that. So, the this will be, be one of those things where people go, oh, he's gone, and this will be the last recorded memory of me, and so people will have to listen to this as some sort of... But weirdly, the twist is that the... Uh, the audience carries on with the dead you into the afterlife rather than me, the murderer. Yeah. Uh, to be more clear, this is my last episode as uh, I am having a baby. Um, so we'll not have the time necessary to commit to film Fandango for the foreseeable future. But Marek is going to carry the, the show on. Um, yes, I mean, if, if you have, if you do like endless nonsense, this is your worst nightmare. Yes. But I am going to be having a guest on every week and the format's going to be I'm going to go to the cinema with that person, watch a film with them, try not to touch them, Yeah. leave the cinema, find a quiet space. Try not to touch them. Try not to touch them, make them feel safe and secure, show them all the exits so they can get out safely. And then touch them. And then touch them. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, a great format. It's a classic format, what do you but mean? it works. It works, yeah, I think it's good. It's called Film Fandango. It can be called Film Fandango Danger Zone. <laughs> It's like the Baywatch Nights of podcasts. Yeah. It's a bit more raunchy. I don't know if you know this, but I come in to David's house. uh, It's a bit like um, uh, the... What's the one with the uh, Silence of the Lambs? Where David... It's full of moths, isn't it? David locks himself in a cage. I enter through to the lounge. Yeah. I handcuff myself to the seat. And David unlocks himself in the cage and comes into the safe area. That's right. That's right, and that's how we've done it for the last eighty for, odd episodes. For the people, the hundred and tw- last blimey, forty odd episodes. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long old road, long old road, eh? Hey, guess what though? What's that? It's sponsored, isn't it? This podcast. This, this podcast one? is bizarrely sponsored. It is sponsored by Her Film Project, who are an organisation that help promote diversity in films. So, if you'd like to get involved or see what they are up to, and if they could help you, uh, then go to herfilmproject.com and follow Her Film Project on Twitter. Diversity, the English winners of Britain's Got Talent, the dance That's group. right, they help the dance group in films, yeah. So it's just films about dance? Yeah, it's about Ashley Banjo's and the uh, the little uh, one with the afro who is who's no longer very little. Well, oh. 
Doesn't seem right I don't think it. they need much help to be honest. They seem quite successful, but um, that's what that's what her film project want to do. So no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's all diverse people. It is all diverse peoples. If you've got webbed hands or webbed feet, and you want to get into film, contact them. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, your your view of diversity is niche, but nonetheless diverse. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here we are about to talk about films once again we'll talk about two films we'll read out some letters that'll be about it well uh, I thought we could talk about as it's your last one for a yeah. while and we're going to miss your the annual summation of the, our favourite films that's true you should do, maybe do yours now and I'll right. talk about a film I've seen so I know what this is will want to know about it. sure I mean I've seen some crackers this year I mean people do like to moan that um that films are getting worse but that we we must remember there are some really good ones still released but first things first what film have you watched? Well I uh, was on holiday so I did not go to cinema so I bought one off streaming which was released at the start of this year or end of last year It was up for the Oscar last Oscars wasn't it? The was one it? Saw. Yes it was nominated for best film uh, Captain Fantastic Captain Fantastic! It now, was Oscar nominated for Best Performance in Actor, Actor in Leading Role, Viggo Mortensen. Ah, right, not the film itself. No. So, yes, Viggo Mortensen of uh, Lord of the Rings fame, um, who I find very watchable. I enjoy him. I, I saw, um, what was it called? The, the Road? No, it was called The Two Somethings Ronnies. Of, of January. <laughs> not The Two Ronnies, Two Faces of January, which actually I've never talked about on this. It was a deeply mediocre film, but um, he is still very watchable in it, you know? He is always very good. Yeah. From his Lord of the Rings days onwards. Um, so, this first of all, let's talk about the poster. And it's mar- it says this is a, a comedy, mm. a comedy drama. It's not a comedy, it's a drama. I thought the poster reminded me of a Wes Anderson film. Yes. Like they were trying to appear kooky family um, oddness. It totally looks like a Wes Anderson film. Yeah. But it's not, it doesn't have the whimsy that some people hate. Right. So the story is that Bigger Mortensen, Ben, is this uh, and his rather large family of about six kids live in this sort of. Um, in the forest of this sort of American wilderness right and they're totally self-sufficient so it starts off they're basically just hunting a deer all the family hunting a, a deer together and they survive off animals they kill he teaches them and they're all exceptionally intelligent sort of really yeah. high performing kids the cast of the children uh, are you be pleased to hear there are no annoying children in this they're, that's quite impressive with six all excellent George Mackay, who is in um, loads of stuff now, he's in things like Pride, uh, uh, Defiance. Uh, he's this young, sort of slightly googly-eyed actor. Uh, he's got quite, quite a haunting face. Uh, Sunshine and Leaf, I see him. In. He's, he's in everything. Sort of this British actor who's uh, the flavour of the map. He's very good as a young, as the oldest child. And then yeah, there's lots of other kids. The very oh, George Mackay, is this? Yes, yeah, George Mackay. And the very small kids are brilliant as well, and they're funny. Anyway, so can I just point out at this point? Yes, you that can. I think there might be a Liverpool uh, FC fan working at IMDb because when you put Captain Fantastic into their search engine, 
you get Captain Fantastic and Steven Gerrard. <laughs> oh, I think that's what he was called, Captain Fantastic. Steven was he? Yeah. How does how does IMDb know that though? Yeah, there was mean, probably a documentary about him being a great captain, I should think, about Steven Steven Gerrard, the Steven English Gerard. football player or Liverpool Captain stalwart. Fantastic. Yeah. Well there you go. Um but it's not about Steven Gerrard. No. What's the story? So it's this family and their mother is basically it, it, it transpires their mother has a, a bipolar disease and is quite suicidal. She's not with the family. Right. She's been in hospital for a few months. And it turns out she she commits suicide, and they all decide to go to her funeral, right? Uh, where they where they meet the grandparents. They're pretty much he's estranged from the you know, the mother and father in law. Um, it sounds like not much happens, but Viggo Mortensen is absolutely brilliant in it. Deserves to get that Oscar nomination. Who won that Oscar? Do you remember it that year? It wasn't Ryan Gosling. It was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't Denzel Washington. Um, I don't know. Let's have a look and see it was. Surely you should be able to click on a link. I don't know. Someone good. You never remember who won him anyway. Um, Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. Oh, did he? Yeah. Anyway, this is it's just really about sort of... Be, it's about beliefs and the ways of living. And it could be they're hippies. And it, I would, as a quite a cynical man... It's very easy for me to be alienated by the idea of hippies living in a self-sufficient commune yes. and their idea of how we live our lives as a westernised sort of uh, capitalists being totally wrong. But you, you do really buy it. I think maybe because i just come back from holiday in the middle of nowhere. Yes. I felt as though I had been living this sort of quite hippie-ish life. Right, and you were enjoying yourself and you felt more relaxed. And, and, it, and, and then was, you came back to London, which is a, a capitalist utopia. And, yeah. And it's horrible. Yeah. And you do feel <laughs> like that. And that's a great success of a film. If it makes you think in a certain way. Think, yeah. What would it be like living this way? Can we really detach? Can we really detach ourselves from his capitalist society and still function, David. Uh, can we? Well, you, I think you can in America where there's plenty of space to disappear into, but... Here you'd have to go to the woods in a park, wouldn't you? Right, and somebody owns those woods. Yeah, and they're only that, about four metres square. And there'd be black bags full of dog shit everywhere. That's right. I don't want that, mate. No, that's, that's not a utopia. That's that's not. It's a bootopia. <laughs> it's a bootopia. I've got myself into bootopia. Um... Well, on paper, it doesn't... I mean, I'm describing it. It sounds quite boring. But the acting's so good. Yeah. And the interrelationships are so good. And the script's really tight. It's really interesting, the stuff there. Uh, it's terrible. They even say, don't use the word interesting. I've just used it there. Um, Who says? In no. the film. Interesting. Oh, they, they say it in the film. Interesting. It's, it's, yeah, interesting and nice, isn't it? It's very interesting and nice, this film. Right. I give it eight Marics. I was really surprised. It was not what I thought from the poster. I thought it would be some weird, kooky family thing. That was a sort of slightly weird comedy. It's not about that. It's quite a serious drama. And I don't know why it's in that comedy genre. So don't be put off by that. It feels very original. Um, I really like the cast. The ending sort of maybe sort of peters out a little bit. Right. And it didn't maybe need to last for one hour and 58 minutes. Shave 20 minutes off it. But uh, Vigo Mortensen is excellent. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Definitely 
watch it if you found something uh, fancy something a bit different that's ref- refreshing and you're on safe hands like that lovely feeling when you know the film is going to be quite good as you can tell from the first 10 minutes it feels like you're in some I don't know how they do it but it feels like it's got some structure they've introduced the character as well without saying this is the character that does this right. I'm the crazy one I'm the one who likes bumming that one they don't do that they don't do that do it they just ways. show you them bumming I mean, with no, a smile not, on their that's face that's wrong I don't, no they, show, they show not tell so you see them bumming with a smile on their face go oh they like bumming he likes bumming <laughs> yeah. he could be in 007 Bum Ghost that's the film from last week you're going straight to the sequel rather than the original um, yes I really enjoyed it 8 Merits watch it on streaming I think I bought it off Google Play or, one of those, or, I put, or iTunes but it'll probably be on Netflix soon yep uh, Captain Fantastic there you are there you are nothing more to say about that it sounds good is it based on a true story actually I don't know I don't I know so. either I guess he's written in hang on what it's time for this guess who's written in who's written in Martin Appleyard, runner-up in the film Fandango, film of the best fan of the year last year. second favourite person. Uh, Hello, Martin Appleyard. Martin says, Dear David Merrick and Buddy, hope you are well. I recently had a YouTube mix of music playing in the background um, whilst I was working at home. And as normal, it was throwing up lots of weird shit I had never heard before. I wasn't paying much attention until the video for Dissolved Girl by Massive Attack started to play in my peripheral vision. Now, I'm not saying the visuals on this video are the best I have ever seen. In fact, some of it could be described as amateurish, but I was transfixed by the full 6 minute 21 second running time. It was like the fifth element had bummed Fritz Lang's Metropolis and Sin City all in one night. It appeared that these visuals came from a 2004 film called Immortal, brackets ad vitam, a film I have never heard of before. As the video ended, I genuinely thought to myself, I wonder if David and Marek have seen that, which must mean that I've listened to so many of your podcasts, I have now been brainwashed into actually respecting your opinion on things, which is remarkable, don't you think? Yes. Anyway, <laughs> it really fucking is. Re- yeah, we should... I didn't know we wielded that power. We should abuse that power. They must, in Appleyard must be feeling poorly. <laughs> really, really ill in the soul right now. Yeah. He continues. Anyway, I've decided that I'm not going to track this down and watch it unless the t- you two tell me it's good. Please enlighten me, oh great ones. Keep watching the films. Um, P.S. Have you ever heard the one about the Morgans? Um, uh, <laughs> have you heard about the Did you Morgans? know about did the you, Morgans? Did you, did, did, you, did you happen upon the Morgans? Did you hear about the Morgans? Did you bump into the Morgans the other day? 007. 007. Morgans. Bu- bu- Morgans. Bu- bump the Morgans. Um... I've not heard of that, the Immortals ad vitam. Um, I looked it up uh, having pre-read uh, Martin's You pre-read email. the... Yeah. I'm there's a, quite a lot of films called The Immortals. There is. And there's a... There's a yeah. Uh, but Which one is this one? The 1995 version? It's got ad vitam in the title as well. Um, How uh, do you spell ad vitam? A-D. Yeah. V-I-T-A-M. It's from I 2004. Um, and it stars Linda Hardy. Well, it's not even coming up, the Immortals Ad Vitam. There you go. Oh, Immortal Ad Vitam. Immortal Ad Vitam. This is exciting for listeners. What, listening to two men <laughs> looking up stuff on their phones. Incompetently Google things. Um, 
Yeah, I, I have not heard of this film. It is very, very hard to track down. The visuals look batshit. I mean, there's just one screen grab. Wow. Uh, Can you describe what that screen grab was, please? Uh, this is two men reclining on a bed, one of whom looks fairly normal, one of whom is naked apart from a metal loincloth and a bird's head of some kind. Um, it's got 6.0 on IMDb. I mean, it looks like it's inspired by Egyptian uh, mythological imagery, and it looks crazy. But, well, it might be worth tracking down. I think it's... it's it, I recently did some acting, and there are some other members of the cast you look up when you realise you're acting alongside them playing yes. minor roles. And there was one particular person in this film. Let's just say he was a penis. Right, and just doing a minor role, and I thought, what have they done? And I end up looking at all these films, sort of these sort of British um, odd horror films, all got three point four, yeah, yeah. three point five. It's sort of the lower end, the lower end of cinema that we never actually, no one ever. But sees. there were tons of them. Yeah, and I started going to weird into a weird IMDb web of odd, hot. If you like this film, you might like this odd films that are rated three point five. So terrible. Low budget zombie and well, horror the, films. The new B movies, basically. Aren't well, now, where do these films uh, live? Who knows? Because if they can't even get on streaming services, then how the hell do you access them? You know, they're they're the all budget. Basically, if you make any film, as soon as you start paying people, then you go into the cost of catering. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a daily rate. Yeah. All the crew, all the cast, all the line producers. It's almost about ten grand. You go into about five or ten grand a day. Easily just yeah. goes. That's gone as yeah. soon as you start paying people. So, how they can make that? Because it's obviously like professional films. Right. Budgets must be you know, a couple of hundred grand yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah. Got to be in order to make something, haven't they? Unless everyone's giving their time for free. And then, yeah. But if you know what happens to these B movies and where they get sold, please write in and tell me because I'm be very interested in what's going on. What's going on? Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll... Well, I won't, but... Well, I might in my spare time, but Marek might look up Immortal Advitam if he can find it. Um, OK, well, um, let's have another letter then, shall we? Go on. Here we go. Here is a letter from Sam about film prices and cinema habits. And he says, Hi, David Marrick and Buddy. Love the podcast and have been listening since the start in the pre marrick days. Wow. But this is the first time I've managed to send an email. You asked about cinema prices. Um, and in Bath, the average ticket will set you back... Do you want to guess before I read it out? I think, think I've read this before. All right, OK. £11. OK. Uh, with more for blockbusters, 3D, comfy seats, etc. I categorically think this is far too much. However, they run a limitless scheme that costs £17 a month for limitless tickets, or twice a month to get your money back. This does sound like an ad, so I apologise. Anyway, I now go often enough as to develop cinema habits such as making the same joke with the cashier about how slow their system is, asking which screen so that I can select the exact seat I want, and being able to quote the ads verbatim to the annoyance of other cinema goers. I now sound like a lunatic, but do you guys have any cinema habits? Keep watching the films, Sam. Uh, Do we have any cinema habits? I mean... um I am, if I'm with a friend, I am happy to chat quietly until the trailers start. 
Uh, I think talking over the car adverts is absolutely fine. Uh, I don't know if you agree or whether whether yeah. that would make people around you tense. I always go by myself, so now I'm going to have to go with other people. And I really don't like people other people. Talk. You hate yeah. people. Yeah. I hope they don't talk to me during the film, so I don't know what I'm going to do. Punch them. Punch my, their lights my habits out. Are, incidentally, the every man must well hill for Blade Runner a matinee on a Sunday, fifteen pounds a ticket. Fifteen quid. It's too, too much. It's far too much. Um, my habits are go for a wee. Yeah. And then. Get my. I, I go to the shop, get popcorn and a bottle of coke. Yeah. Sneak it into my bag. Go into cinema, <laughs> buy my ticket, go for a wee. Yeah. Sit down, always at the back. Always at the back. Never with people in front of me, and then that is it. Put my hat on, leave. Maybe go. Try not to go for a wee mid film, but often do. The mid film wee is an excruciating experience because I always sit there for a good 15 minutes before I go, no, I'm going to have to do it. I've not spoken about this, have I? What? I think it was Anne Coletta, friend of the show, sent me a, a link to the best time to go for a wee in Blade Runner. Right, which is Jared Leto scene. I think it could have been, but she said it was, um, without doing any spoilers, there's a confrontation between two women. Yes. After that bit, right? You Why? go for a wee. Why there? Because that's the least plot of things happen. Okay. So that's when I went, and then not I, my girlfriend was actually not much. I think I missed not much happened. I did miss two minutes of really nice cinematography. There maybe. Yes. Yes. Um, but I used that wee thing because halfway through I thought oh, I'm going to need a wee here, yeah. and I came up and I thought, well, thank you for doing that because it really saved me. Oh, that's a good idea. I do think there's a tiny thing in the corner of the screen, a tiny blue box. You know, for the advert. No, just a a little little box uh, with the animation of somebody weeing. Or or just for three seconds, a massive dick on camera. Yeah. Or a bowl of piss. One, two, three. Or just stops. Piss now. Piss now. You can't. The problem then would be that everyone would go to do it at the same time. Yeah, it's true. What if in the cinema you could just press a button on your seat and uh, just a sort of dome goes over you? Like it needn't be that expensive, just like a, a polythene dome or something, and you can just piss into the sort of the gutter in front of oh, you. I think mean, it will cost. I'd hate to be the poor kid just to go around and clean all the piss domes. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Although it might make the floor less sticky. <sighs> if you have got an invention better than piss domes, why not write in? go to filmfandango.com and fill out the form and Marek will get it from there I especially like to hear about piss tomes, domes or ways of going to the loo inside the cinema right do you want another letter David yes please you can read this one out because I can't bother to read anymore fine fine you're getting your money's worth out of me yeah Okay, this one is from Simon Ibison, and he's uh, he's talking about the lunchbox. He says, "Greetings, Marek, David, Buddy, Asshole Dog, and maybe one of the other Penny Dreadfuls." <laughs> Hello. Have either of you seen the Indian film The Lunchbox? Basically, you have, haven't you? Yes. Basically, there's an Indian service where lunches made by wives in the morning are ferried to their husbands who've already gone to work. It seems insanely complicated, but apparently really accurate. Basically, one such lunch goes astray, and the wife in question and the actual unintended recipient have an unrequited emotional affair. It's beautiful, very softly spoken and understated, but the food they make throughout the film looks so amazing that it kept drawing my attention. 
Have you ever had your enjoyment of a film affected by some aspect of the film being too good? Keep watching the films. Simon. Uh, FYI, I have a blog where I watch Doctor Who with my daughter and we review it. Uh, Dad, daughter, doctor. (laughs) Okay, fine. You can uh, Google that, try and find it. Um, Have you ever been distracted by something in a film being too good? Uh, it's very hard to. Uh, that's a hard question. That's a hard question. My memory's completely addled anyway. Um, don't know. I have seen Lunchbox though. I saw it about. I think about reviewed on here about a year. A bit. A year yeah, ago. and I think you quite enjoyed it, didn't you? Yeah, it's great. What's great is the whole uh, the the Tiffin tin type things that have a ninja, where it is still quite sort of male, you know, work oriented. Yeah. With, with the blokes who are going to go to work. And their wives cook them the food for their lunch, and then they have an absolutely mental delivery system. Yeah, and they've got the whole tins for their lunch, and they all get they all somehow turn up at the right place right at lunchtime. It's like a a one hour postal service just yeah. for your food. It's really, and it's, uh, there's documentaries about it which are fascinating because what it does is it gives you a real insight into sort of home culture, the sort of street culture and work culture right. in India I mean watching one just about tiffin tins and how they're made and how they turned up and the lunches are incredible I mean absolutely shit on the pack lunches I got when I was at school of yeah. a marmalade sandwich and a bongo and a Kit Kat well because that that lunch had to be made at breakfast time yeah and it's got to still be alright whereas the tiffin tin is still hot right is it sometimes I think so yeah I think so yeah wow they're quite um, so this film is great because you get to just watch these this back and forth it's it's quite a unique film. I think I quite enjoyed it, but wasn't ultimately satisfied. I think about seven marks something like that. Okay, okay. It's, it's worth watching though. It's worth for something a bit different. All right. Is it your favourite film about lunch boxes? It's the only film about lunch boxes. It can't be the only film about lunch boxes. Um, I think it is. I'm going to read one more letter. All right. This is from uh, Pip, who talks about Bristol cinema. You remember a couple of episodes ago, I talked about a place where you could watch any film ever. That's right. In Bristol. When and I, I said, surely not any film ever. Well, the film place in Bristol, Marek couldn't remember, is called 20th Century Flicks. The cinema holds 12 people, and you can pretty much see pretty much every film ever made. But I imagine films like Star Wars are watched the most. Which leads to my question. Which actor would you like to re-watch a film they star in with... And which film would you watch with them? Mine would either be Ewan McGregor and Trainspotting because it's my favourite, or Nicole Kidman and the Stepford Wives, just to ask why. Pip from <laughs> Bristol. <laughs> All right, good question. Uh, what film would you watch with the star of it? What would you want to? Who would be good to watch a film with? Well, I really fancy the lady... Um, the the princess in Flash Gordon, which I often talk about. I mean, <laughs> oh, she's going to be in her sixties now. Yeah, she's thirty seven years ago. So she's going to be in her sixties. Her name is Ornella Mutti. Um, I quite. I, I, I watch Flash Gordon with her. Sounds fun. That sounds. Or fun. with Timothy Dalton, that would be quite good. Uh, I'd quite like to watch Princess Bride with Mandy Potemkin. I think that would be quite good. He sound, He looks quite fun. Um, I would who would you not want to watch a film with I would not want to watch Hamlet with Kenneth Branagh 
sure because he'd have to spend four hours with yeah, Kenneth Branagh. Four hours listening to him talk about himself. <laughs> you think oh. he would talk through his own film? Oh, yeah. No, that's a difficult one to predict because he'd be talking. So would he talk over it's himself just, talking? The same as DVD commentaries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my friend Paul. Um, I'd quite like to watch. Uh, sorry, I'd quite like to watch uh, Jabberwocky with Michael Palin. I think that would be. Good. It's a really good question, Pip. I yeah. think it's great. Uh, another one um, uh, uh, about a boy is one of my favourite films and my friend Paul said he watched a DVD behind the scenes with um, uh, Hugh Grant Hugh Grant I like to watch that with Hugh Grant I think he'd be quite a good oh, laugh I think Hugh Grant probably is quite a nice bloke you know uh, yeah good question it's a great question yeah uh, is that it for letters yeah that's it for letters alright alright so I was going to run through my favourite films I've seen this year I mean it's I feel like uh, I've not quite uh, got to see everything that's come out. I mean, obviously, I'm still looking forward to a few films. Uh, What's left to year. come out, do you know? Well, Marek, you know, um, I'm still looking forward to The Death of Stalin. I think that might be quite fun. Um, I'm looking forward to Thor Ragnarok. I know it's a superhero film, but I... I love the films of Taika Waititi so mm-hmm. I think he's going to make something really good I am not particularly looking forward to Murder on the Orient Express with uh, Kenneth Branagh with an even more preposterous moustache than he had in Hamlet um, I am looking forward to uh, the latest Star Wars because I always will no matter how crappy they become but the, you know it looks quite fun the trailers look fun I'm a big fan of Mark Hamill and it will be nice to actually see him get a properly big uh, role again. Yeah, it'd be fascinating. Because we haven't seen him do no, that for... Ever. One, since Return of the Jedi. I mean, the one, what was that Slipstream one he did? Uh, the, I can't remember what it was called. What? He did one here when he was an evil sort of pilot in a, a film in the sort of 80s, I think. Okay. Okay. As but, usual, as usual, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and as usual, I have no idea either. <laughs> Um, so I'm sure it's called Slipstream or something. Slipstream, okay. Yes, it was. I remembered it right. 1989, Bob Peck, Mark Hamill, Slipstream. In a near future where Earth has been devastated by natural disasters and giant winds for the planet, bounty hunter Matt kidnaps a murderer out of the hands of two policemen. Rating 4.9 on IMDb. Boom. 4.9. Um, okay, so going through the films that I've watched this year, uh, that I've written down... I've, I've reviewed on this app to remind myself what I've seen. It's terrible when you get to that point, isn't it? But nonetheless, here I am. Um, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought it was excellent. It's a Netflix original, uh, as they call them. Um, so I thoroughly recommend that. It is uh, a film that stars uh, Melanie Linsky and uh, Elijah Wood. Made by the same guy who made Blue Ruin and it's Green a Mac, Room. It, yeah, it's a Mac on Blair film. He made Blue Ruin and Green Room, as Marek says. And it, it's it's thoroughly worth it. It's, it's a very well-made film. Logan, I thought, was the best superhero film in a long, long time by going, basically, pairing it all back to independent movie levels of just being a study of character with some very good filmmaking. And... It's it's a it's a beautifully done piece, and it is it puts all of the 
CGI flying around punching each other to shame. It, it shows just how boring all of that really is. By like, all you need is some good characters, and that is it. And you know, it's it's excellent. I know you. I know you won't have seen it, but it's, I think I've heard good things from a lot of people about it. It's yeah. an incredible thing that they made a couple of good films at the beginning with Wolverine. You know, I enjoyed. Uh, they feel dated now, but I enjoy Brian Singer's. X-Men and X2 uh, the third one then that Brian Singer didn't direct was terrible and then they've made a couple of Wolverine films since then and he's cameoed in the new ones and so this is a character we've been with for a long old time and most of the films he's been in have been rubbish <laughs> but they they ended on a high which is very good because I think it, it's, the, it's the role that made Hugh Jackman's career really um, so Logan is well worth it and even if you don't like superhero films it is a good watch Um, Get Out is another one that I absolutely loved this year Uh, it split people slightly with just um, with the twists and turns in it but it's it's I think an it's an excellent screenplay and a fantastic debut from Jordan Peele I think it'll be interesting what he does next Um, you saw Get Out I thought it was very good, yes. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Free Fire, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, that is uh, Ben Wheatley's film, uh, an hour, one hour and 31 minutes, entirely set in a shootout in a warehouse. And again, it's just taking it down to basics, keeping it simple, some characters and a very, very tense situation and some fantastic actors in it. That's mm. all you need. <laughs> it's all you need. Um, no, thorough, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, one of my absolute favourites of the year has got to be Lady Macbeth. Um, it's it's not a retelling of Macbeth. Uh, as people, It's just based upon a... Uh, a, no- a novella I think of the, the same name but it, it's vaguely thematically related so it is uh, Florence Pugh uh, is the young actress who plays Catherine and it's about her being married but basically traded into a, a family in Newcastle a well to do family in Newcastle and being bored out of her mind having to basically stay in this prison of a house as she slowly uh, builds up her own will and her own agency within it and it, it's haunting and brilliant and her central performance is absolutely fantastic I, I've seen a film since that I haven't talked about because it, it, it's from like 2014 or something I think um, or maybe 15 but it was called The Falling which starred Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones who plays Arya Stark and Florence Pugh as well, and Florence Pugh won awards for her acting in it, but the film didn't really get much traction. And uh, actually, I watched it because my cousin Magda was in it, um, uh, straight out of uh, uh, of uh, university or drama school, I can't remember. And uh, she's since decided she doesn't want to be an actor. But uh, was that bad? Uh, well, she was she was in a small role in it, and it ended up getting cut. So she's in the background of some shots. I did actually manage to spot her, but there's no point watching it for that. And she's since quit. So um, I watched it for that. Interesting enough, it's about a female friendship that's a little intense, and it's about uh, sort of this spate of faintings in an all girls school, and whether or not it's psychosomatic or supernatural or what's going on. It's a bit of a mystery. Good. 
it it is neither one thing nor the other. It it doesn't quite hold the tension needed, and I don't think it's fair to blame Maisie Williams' central performance. Is she on annoying it. though? She's not. I, she's not annoying. She's just Florence Pugh is better as a, as a film actress. Florence Pugh is just hypnotically good. Uh, for someone so young it's just brilliant and Maxine Peake is in it as well and is fantastic but it feel, for me actually the screenplay is sort of it's not quite interesting enough and it sort of has a few repeated beats but uh, Florence Pugh again Lady Macbeth she's the lead character and it's it's brilliant it's brilliant um, I mean I feel like I'm just doing a list but so so be it War for the Planet of the Apes I enjoyed as a war film even though it's got monkeys in, it's still a good war film. It needn't have monkeys in. It's still good. Um, there's not much else to say about that. And then uh, the one I mentioned last week, The Endless, actually, I think is one of my favourites. And it's a little independent film that you will not hear of uh, anywhere else. <laughs> it's unlikely to, anyway. Uh, but track it down if you can. It's it's uh, If you like uh, weird, sort of sinister thrillers... It's it's a it's a real goodie. 007 Bum Ghost. 007 Bum Ghost as well uh, would have to be my top pick of 2017. I know that next time um, our, our our good friend Smith Parkman writes in, yeah, he's probably going to be about 007 Bum Ghost. Hopefully, hopefully he's gone weirdly quiet, hasn't he? Well, you insinuated that Smith Parkman, and we're referring to a letter we received about three episodes ago. Was a bot and not a real person. Well, I'm saying he's a replicant, but maybe. But do do internet bots who email you nonsensical things have souls? Maybe? Well, I think I mean, Smith Parkman does. Yeah, Smith Parkman. Maybe that was uh, Ryan Gosling's character's real name in uh, Blade Runner twenty. I'm definitely going to put Smith Parkman in 007 Bunk. Yeah, you should. You should. Uh, oh, here comes Buddy. Here comes he's, Buddy the uh, dog. Just time to say goodbye, Buddy. Oh, but we're going to say goodbye now. Oh, this is quite sad. Um, yeah, if if you've uh, skipped to the end or you weren't didn't hear uh, last week, this is my last episode as uh, Danielle Ward and I are having a baby. So, Buddy and I will not be here for the foreseeable, but Marek is carrying on as normal next week, but with a slightly different format, albeit still slightly poorly researched. Oh, definitely, ramblings yeah. about films, nonsensical. Yeah, uh, just ill thought through. Uh, uh, nonsense yeah well, so before we go I, I did want to say thank you basically it has been a huge part of my life this um, as I've done it weekly for how what, it's it's 312 weeks or something now um, and so everyone who's written in um, and interacted with the podcast or just silently listened like a strange person in the corner <laughs> thank you very much it's been it's been an absolute pleasure um Marek will be back next week yeah keep on donating all your money <laughs> that's the important <laughs> bit and uh, keep watching the film keep watching the film bye goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.